This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Allison Wiley. Joining me today is Zach Shellhammer. He is a licensed broker, coach, and business consultant. He has 15 plus years of experience in real estate sales, training, property management, and business development throughout the Las Vegas and Southern Nevada areas. Zach is passionate about coaching and inspiring other professionals on how to channel their best true selves into their business endeavors. He has special in residential sales, commercial transactions, REO, short sales, and marketing. Zach, welcome onto the show. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Allison. So happy to be here. Yeah, and we are going to dive into affordable housing. And the topic of this is so important. I think there's so much to talk about when it comes to this world. I know, Zach, you have some really interesting experiences and perspectives in the world of affordable housing. So um, we're going to hear about all of that today. It's going to be a great episode. But before we get started on that, Zach, I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Um, tell us about yourself, how you got started in real estate, and what's led you to where you are today. Uh, I got started in real estate totally by accident. I was a in, more so in marketing, a web designer at the time, and uh, moved to Las Vegas looking for a job. Just any job will do, as it often does back then. And I found a position with a broker who needed marketing flyers. So I was just a simple marketing flyer guy. And that was that was all I thought I was going to be. And uh, that was back when the, the bubble burst and things started to go south. So the brokerage started to fire everyone doing everything. And I'm like, hey, I could do all of these people's jobs. So I just keep my job. Just need a job. And uh, ended up learning how to run a brokerage through that time and kind of fell in love with it as I went, you know, got to know more about real estate, but I had no intention of ever doing so. But it exposed me to the entire industry um, through new homes and short sales then. And then we ran into foreclosures and I joined a broker who specialized in foreclosures for several years. And that's kind of where I got the bug with affordable housing, because that was during a time where it was my job to kick people out of their house. And I got to talk to these people and try to delicately, you know, get them out or or help them with whatever assistance was available. Uh, so I saw more of the human side of real estate. And throughout that time, I, I saw both human side and the not so human side with real, a lot of real estate. We just want to sell houses. And I always wanted to help people. And I thought, well, there's, there needs to be a space for that. And it got really frustrating for a while, um, especially after the foreclosure crisis kind of wrapped up there. 
I started, you know, selling my, you know, doing listings myself, representing buyers, and especially buyers. I seem to attract folks that they could barely qualify or couldn't qualify. And I was taught in real estate, never, we never say no, and we never give up. And here I was being told then, well, if they don't qualify, they don't qualify and just turn them away. And I thought, well, that's, that can't be the answer. And I'm not happy with that answer. And eventually I found some nonprofit agencies out here that led me to see that there was some financial counseling out there available, um, some down payment assistance still available, places where I could send people. And that was part of what made me fall back in love with doing this job. And then this industry was finally when I could tell these clients, even if I couldn't help them, even if we they were not really not qualified, I could at least get them paired up with the, the people that they needed to, to tell them what they could do if they wanted to get uh, qualified down the road. Yeah. I, I love your perspective on this. And, and, you know, you said some realtors are out there and we just want to sell, sell, sell. And we want, you know, all, all these expensive homes to, to be able to market and, and put up for sale. And you just wanted to help people. And I think that that's at the core of maybe uh, the, the majority of realtors out there, at least I know here in Ohio, you know, I think that's what it all boils down to is we just want to help people. And we want the American dream possible for everyone in the country, regardless of some of the barriers that, you know, you've ran into and in your experiences and, and some of the things that we know exist out there. And I think that's just what this all comes down to. And when we think about affordable housing, we need to keep that perspective in mind that, hey, we are here to help people, regardless of your tax bracket, regardless of challenges that you're facing with, you know, that is our duty as realtors is to help our clients achieve the American dream however we can. And I love your perspective on that. And I think it can get lost in the sell, sell, sell mindset that exists out there. Yeah. Well, and there's a whole other side of that with, well, how much time do I spend on someone who isn't qualified? We've got to make money. We've got to sell uh, but at the same time, you should be that community resource, source of the source, as we all say, and be able to at least pair them with somebody. You don't have to spend the rest of the week or the rest of the month on them, but at least you've connected them with that source. Absolutely. Just just being a resource, being there to help these people, you know, even if, like you said, you know, we, we won't be able to help in the way that we'd like to, just still making sure that we can assist them in some way along their journey, I think is really important. And you mentioned, too, that more than 75% of homes on the market are too overpriced for middle class, too expensive. How did we get to this point? And, and what are what are some ideas or ways that we'd be able to correct this? Because I just feel like 70, that's... Inventory is already short. <laughs> and then you talk about 75% of what is even out there is is too, um, you know, expensive. Um, how did we get to this point and how can we fix this? Uh, going to take a lot for sure. <laughs> um, it's not going to be easy. Uh, when I was doing the research for the article that I had written, it was uh, looked like housing costs were optimally affordable back in the 1960s. So that's it's been a while that it's just been on this trajectory. And that course correction, I mean, it's probably pretty much impossible as far as an overall. It's always going to be heavier in the side of non-affordability. But there are nonprofits out there, like I had mentioned. I found Neighborhood Housing Services of Southern Nevada here in Nevada. They're connected with NeighborWorks, which is a nonprofit organization nationwide, which has like an umbrella of neighborhood housing type services under them. They are 
attempting to build as much affordable housing as possible. Here in Nevada, they have released several units, several um, rental apartment complexes. Uh, they just finished a one phase of a senior apartment complex, uh, and then they're starting on the second one. Um, it's still just a little bit here and there. And when I met, I went to San Francisco earlier this year and met with NeighborWorks um, as a, they have a conference, basically, that brings us all together and talking to other people from other states. I mean, it's always the same story. Try to get the word out there. Try to get more land. Uh, the problem with, always the problem, is finding the land. The money's there as the money, as there are plenty of donors and sponsors and partners that want to contribute, but nobody wants to give up the land for it. So we need a little bit more give there. But in Nevada, currently, there's about an 84,000 plus shortage. And that figures out to about, for every 100 families waiting for a home, it's about every two units of developed or acquired uh, homes. So it's it's a long way to go. Um, but it, you can't just not. And that was one thing I pointed out in my article is it's it's so little, like, oh, we just built 120 units, and then we're going to do another 120. And that gets us nowhere near the 84,000. But we're getting somewhere. We've got to do something for somebody. Yeah, even just a little bit helps. You know what I mean? I don't think we're going to solve this um, problem overnight. Certainly not. But as long as we're taking just a few steps forward here and there, it can make an impact even just for a few families. You know, we, we don't have to solve this, you know, on, on a national scale. If we can just focus on helping a few families at a time, you know, that's going to make an impact and that's going to make a difference. Um, in your opinion, do you think that we're in a housing crisis? And um, what factors go into play when we think when we're thinking about um, where we are right now, if it's a housing crisis, and what we should be on the lookout for. I'd definitely say it's a housing crisis. Uh, depends on who you ask, and certainly not an official housing crisis or any of those under, under the recession terms or anything like that. But it's a crisis in that people need homes. And we also need to change the stigma. The other thing we need to do is change the stigma of affordable housing. That word is known for homelessness and not a good neighborhood or, or a dangerous neighborhood. And anytime that pops up in the headlines, the immediate pushback from the communities is we don't want that here. However, what we're talking about affordable housing is the single mom who's got three jobs and supporting one kid or two kids. Our Mostly our kids who are getting out there 18 to 21 years old who are looking for, they're getting a job, but now they're looking for housing. And rentals are through the roof, so that must that has to change with rentals going down, affordable housing stigma uh, changing with people. We need to understand what type of product we could build out there. That it's it's a sustainable, beautiful product. It's not a rundown, bad part of the neighborhood. It's a good thing. Still create nice places for people to live that are accessible that the average person. And I mean, I just think about I think that this has to be a huge population of Americans, right, that are considered in this affordable housing class. And, you know, when we think about single, I mean, that has to be more the norm of our clients than some of the luxury buyers and sellers, you know, that we all want to want to work with. And I think the fact that this doesn't get more attention and, and is on more of the forefront front, I think that needs to change. It is strange because I think in Nevada, I just heard the percentage was like 8% is luxury. So, and, and we know how much people make out there. We know the minimum wage everywhere 
is horrible and pretty low. So if you add that up and, and try to get them into a home, they're not being able to afford that right now, especially now, if ever. So there should be more of a focus on this. I don't know why there's not. I was happy to see from my Inman article the response that it got. I wasn't expecting so many people to say, yes, we need more attention on this. Um, and I even got some that they were unhappy that I seemed to paint the picture that so many agents might not be focused on this. And I didn't think I did, but that is the perception that I was seeing was a lot of them aren't focused on that. I hear it all the time from brokers and, and people that are training is if they're unqualified, you got to move on right away. No, no. And it doesn't help. Like, as I mentioned before, it doesn't help our mission of the American dream. I mean, this is what you know, America's based on is you come here, you know, you buy land, you make a home, and, and this is what we sell. You know, this is what our country is supposed to be all about. And you're right, if we're having that that mindset when we work with these people, it's like, oh, well, nope, they're not pre-qualified, so nothing I can do, or, or this can't happen, then we're almost going back on everything that we stand for as a profession. Right. And and do a little work, and they might be able to find something. Uh, that's the other part of things is like education to that client as far as, well, okay, you can't afford the single-family home right now, but could I get you into a condo or a townhome and work from there? It's better to be paying your own mortgage than your landlord's mortgage at any point. And it, educating them on, okay, this is not ideal. It's not the area you want to be in. It's not the house you want, but it's your house, and it's probably going to go up in value, or it's going to be a beneficial asset to you in the future. It's that, it's that golden ticket. So how could we use that instead of just saying, no, you don't, you don't qualify for what you came to me for. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. Yeah. And, and hey, this doesn't have to be forever. You know what I mean? Let, let's get you in here for a few years, let you have that equity, you know, built up and then see, you know, where we can go in a few years from here. You know, I think even just like you said, you know, getting that golden ticket, getting them to a starter place, at least something, you know, that they can feel good about. And then, you know, who knows what can happen from there. I think that's a really good strategy. And you mentioned kind of some other ideas of what we can do as realtors to be better at this. But what are some other ways that we as realtors can do a better job being involved with affordable housing and making it more a part of something that we do? I'm uh, also a consultant and a coach. And one of my main things for business coaching is how can you tap into your passion and to your passion within the community? Is that also that was the other piece of the pie for me that made me fall back in love with all this? Is I got involved with my community. I volunteered at organizations that were true to my heart, and then I started teaching other people and finding that oh, their business plan was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this, <laughs> but I think I have to do this because that's the only way to make money. So we to kind of figure out how what you really want to do, but also 
what's your passion in the community? Do you like serving the homeless community? Do you want to go to the dog park and pet all the dogs or the horses or all the things? All the things there, you can actually connect to business and find the clients that you love to work with. Uh, so connecting through community, if we took the time to do that and took the time to really think that this is not going to hurt my business, because that's where I came from, was I was told being my true self was not going to get me any business. Helping the people I wanted to help, the ones who were low to moderate income, that's not going to get you any business. No, if you focus on what you're passionate about and do it right, you will make the money and be happy doing so because you're actually serving the part of the community that you wanted to. Yeah, and I have to imagine that it's just so much better of a feeling to be able to do something that you're really excited about and that you can feel good about while making an income and seeing, you know, that translate into money in your bank account as well. I have I feel like that would be just such a cooler way to do business than just like, yeah, I just want to, you know, sell homes and get a commission and be done. <laughs> exactly. And who do you connect with in in all that you do? And and it doesn't have to be a nonprofit type of situation. Uh, even if you're if you have a military background and that's who you want to serve, there's that it's a huge military population out there that you can help and that you can all these people that you can educate seniors, military, first time home buyers. I mean, whoever you're actually connecting with yourself, your ideal client avatar, as we like to call it. And once you connect with that, then you, you're educating them. And so you're feeling better because you you helped someone learn something. And then you also got them into where they need to be. That just has to be such such a cool feeling to be able to, to have all of those kind of things in alignment with one another. I think it makes for a really uh, special feeling and special way to, to be doing your business and to be thinking about it. Because, you know, we all need something that keeps us going. And, and, you know, we've heard this all the time. Find your why. Find the reason why you keep going. You know, find that. What advice do you have for people to to find that? Or or in your coaching experience, you know, what do you tell people if they're like, you know, I hate what I'm doing or like, I don't know what I'm passionate about or I don't know what's going to like motivate me. Like, well, how do you help people through that? And what's your advice for that? Well, first, we're in the perfect season for it. It's business planning season. <laughs> Make that business plan part, of, make those questions part of that business plan. I was just recently in Houston and I did a workshop. First question I asked was, who feels that they're not running their business as their authentic self? And like a half the room raised their hand. And I said, why? And no one could answer that question, except they said, we're old and it's too late. And they didn't look too old. And so I said, it doesn't look too late to me. Uh, so it's more so asking you, asking yourself those questions, and how are you going to pivot to that now? So, and and that is that's it's of course change is hard. Stepping out is always hard, um, and that's where those the, the half that raised their hand was they're stuck. They built a twenty to thirty year business on what they felt was inauthentic. They're making money for it now, and and they're being successful and known for it now. So now if they pivot to something else they're terrified they're going to lose their client base. The truth there is that most people respect you for being your authentic self. So you're not going to lose everybody. You'll probably lose the people you didn't like to work with, and you're going to gain the people that you do want to work with. So bake that into your business plan. What's your passion yourself? What do you want to do to help the community? And then how does that connect to business? And overcoming that thought that whatever that is doesn't connect to business, I don't think there's anything I've ever not been able to connect to business 
whatever you're doing, whether you're baking pies with friends, you're still connecting with possible clients and at the dog park and at the community center. So just have to brainstorm how to do that and then be courageous enough to pivot to it. Yeah, so true. And I mean, it, it could be what you want it to be. You know what I mean? If, if you put your energy and time into something, you know, you will see that flourish. You know, like we, we always hear the saying, you know, grass isn't greener on the other side, it's greener where you water it. And I think that that is so true. It's it's about where you're spending the time and attention and you're going to get the best results depending on what you choose to focus on, what you want to put that time and energy into. And, you know, you can make it what you want to be and that's it, what you want it to be. And that's what I think is so great about this industry and so cool about the flexibility that we have as realtors. Like you said, you can make it a business opportunity if you're just hanging out with friends, you know, there, there, there's so much potential there that we can really make it, you know, what we want it to be. And I think that's the same approach that we have to have with affordable housing. And I think too, you know, it. I want to bring hope to people out there who are like, well, I fall into this category or, you know, I'm a realtor and I have a client that falls into the this affordable housing category. And it is still possible for the average American to achieve home ownership. Is that something in your perspective too, that it is still possible? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. And being connected to the professionals that care if you have that as a realtor, if we have the arsenal of people, financial advisors, lenders, accountants, and if you find the ones that actually want to provide at least an hour of their time to give some estimate, to give some advice, just putting it down on paper, you can have this enormous debt and you don't realize it could be, I just met with somebody that it was a huge debt and we put it all down with their financial advisor. And it's like in six years, if you curtailed some things and then paid this much, which they could like a hundred dollars more a month, they were going to be paid off in like four years. And even I was surprised. I'm like that. I didn't think that was even possible. They certainly didn't think that was possible. And it's the perception. I mean, I, I came from slight poverty. I, I was always never, never had the money or never thought I had the money. And that's where most people are coming from is like, we're buried in credit card debt. And the news tells us every day that we can't, we can't do this. We can't get out from under this at all because the minimum wage will never go up for them or, or whatever the, the obstacle might be. But if you just get with somebody, get with a professional that, that actually has those connections put it down on paper to a six-year hope or a four-year hope of like, wow, I could get this done. And you get somebody young enough, you know, those first-time home buyers, show them a little light at the end of the tunnel, and then they will curtail their habits and be like, okay, I can get this done. It's not going to be 10 years or a lifetime. I could get my family into something and get on the right track. So giving them that hope, being that source of the source and having those community resources, it's golden for people. And I, I do hope we can all give everybody some hope out there. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too, because, you know, like you mentioned, we do see in the news so much is doom and gloom and so much is like things are unaffordable. Interest rates are high. There's no inventory. You know, how do you ever as a first time homebuyer, uh, you know, make it into this market? How do you ever be competitive? But there is a way to do it. You might just have to get a little bit more creative with some things. Meet with your realtor, you know, like I think that's the great service that we provide as realtors is being able you know, to, to assist our clients on all this, to be the resources, you know, to be, you know, the people that they can go to, not even to just say, you know, help me find a house, but help me figure out how to get the house that we'll eventually find, you know, I think is, is the service that we can provide today. And I think it's why, you know, our profession is still going to be relevant, you know, many, many years from now, because people still want to know how to do this. And the average American, I don't think knows 
all of the, the information and, and what really goes into buying a home. And, and how much you can provide to them. Just like a lender will sit down with someone and they'll make that financial plan. You as a realtor, we sit down with them and we can make that housing step up plan. Like you, you can't get the five bedroom with the pool and room for a pony right now, but this is the plan. And then they fall in love with you for that plan and they're coming back to you every step of the way to get to where they wanted to go and showing our value. If anyone's been watching the news lately <laughs> is quite important. And then that's, that's the trajectory of the realtor is actually practicing what we've been preaching all these years. Now, especially as a buyer's agent, you're going to have to sell your value and you have a lot of value to sell. But after decades and I don't know, probably longer than decades of some buyer's agents thinking that they could say, oh, I work for free. And that was like the mindset. We were just having a meeting yesterday with them. Thankfully, I work in a brokerage that we've got a lot of new agents and they've never, they would never say they work for free. <laughs> no. <laughs> but but we, the dinosaurs, were like <laughs> once upon a time, like we literally, that was a selling point as a buyer's agent. You'd say, well, I work for free because it's seller pay. And getting out of that mindset, having them sign an actual agreement. Oh my goodness. That's, <laughs> that was crazy. So knowing your value and, and not discounting your value, hold your ground and you will be valued by others. Yeah, and being proud of it. You know, I think there's so much pride that that we don't have. And that's and it's one thing because I think, you know, many people don't want to talk about themselves and you don't want to be bragging. You don't want to come off as, you know, in any type of way. But like we should be bragging on ourselves a little bit and we should be talking about the value we bring, the pride that we have in the work that we do. I mean, now's the time when we should be singing this from the rooftops, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Totally. And I love that you mentioned too, just the life cycle of helping a client. Like imagine getting someone into your first home and then helping them get to that dream home. You know, whatever, how many years later down the road, you know, that is the magic in what we do. And that what is what would fuel me, you know, if, if I was a realtor, I think that would be what keeps me going and knowing that I would get to see that progression and being there alongside my client for a lifetime, you know, of helping them with their housing goals. That's a magic. <laughs> and when you connect that to that community, you've just helped them. And then they're going to tell that whole community, oh my gosh, this person did something for me that I didn't think was possible and you can too. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the referrals. And I mean, talk about as we think about how we can grow our business through this. I mean, I think the options and ways to do this are kind of endless. It's, you don't even know, you know, what you could potentially bring on down the line if you start working with us, making it a part of your business strategy. You do way more than just open those doors. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Any last bits of advice or, you know, things you want to mention to our realtors listening, to our consumers out there listening uh, that, that, yeah, that, that you have to share with us. Think about how you can connect to that community. If you haven't heard of NeighborWorks America, I'd highly recommend looking them up. They're in, uh, I believe, most states now. And uh, it, it was interesting discussing things with those. Uh, like I, I used to live in Pennsylvania and Ohio, so I've got connections out there as well. And to, to connect with those folks and their organizations, I mean, they're going through the same struggle. So they need support um, and they need realtor support from us because we have the clients that we could send there that they can help and they give them back to us and we just keep on going with those referrals. So uh, look for that organization that can help the clients that you've been struggling to help. Never just say no. Always have a good why there as to and, and what's next. 
always set up that strategy and be true to yourself. Always. Yes. Lead from your authentic self. I love that you mentioned that too. I know. I was like, I got to bring you back. We need to do a whole, a whole nother episode <laughs> <Yes>. on that. <laughs> oh, on authenticity. Totally. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Well, um, this has been so great, Zach. And thank you for sharing your perspective on this. It brings just such a down-to-earth and real perspective on it. And in the midst of everything that's that's going on, as you mentioned, things in the news and what, what our industry is, you know, up against uh, in the next few years, you know, we don't know. But if we go back to the basics and we focus on what we all want to do, which is help people, which is get them in a position where they can build generational wealth, then, then that is going to be the icing on top of every cake and is going to make all of this stuff that we're going through worth it in the end. And that's what's going to keep us motivated and continuing on being the awesome realtors that we are. So thank you so much for sharing your perspective and giving us a bright spot in in this world of affordable housing and all this other mess that's going on. (laughs) Absolutely. Appreciate it. There, There are solutions out there for sure. Yes, yes. Always good to end on a hopeful, hopeful note. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you learned something. I know I did. I know this has been a really great episode and I've enjoyed every minute of it. So thanks again, Zach. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.